namo shivaya om 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 namo shivaya i bow to god in all of you in my guru in myself and in you because when i talk to you i'm not talking to a lens in a camera i'm talking to you that's how i like to write when i write books i like to visualize my reader sitting across the desk from from me and i'm conversing it's neither male nor female just a human being and i feel that i'm talking to him and in that way i can make the words of my sentences also sound like talking rather than just pompous uh didactic writing it's to me a way of communicating this is much more a way of communicating you know when i lived in india back from back in the early 1960s it was it, you couldn't reach people through television didn't exist then it's so wonderful now that i can travel all over the country all over the world this show goes to hundreds of countries and i can be there and yet here i am sitting in my little house in gurgaon but television is a wonderful instrument if it's used in the right way and what a pity people very few very seldom use it in the right way i was in a barber shop in rome italy and uh, <coughs> excuse me i noticed they were changing scenes every 2 seconds to sort of match the restlessness of people's minds that's why i never watch television i remember one time i was watching a beautiful inspiring movie of the life of saint bernadette of uh, lourdes and uh, there was this lovely scene of the divine mother in the form of the virgin mary appearing on a rock and the music itself was so inspiring and all of a sudden coca cola coca cola it's ridiculous i wish it weren't so misused but there it is you have to have ads you have to have worldly consciousness if my program and programs like it were the only ones on the air most people be off shooting pool or something it's just the way things are singing to god is so much more beautiful when i went to india in 1958 some people who had known the master during his early visit told me the master led a kirtan one evening in a private home in calcutta the house was full and so was the street outside and the roof of a building across the street was covered with people they all sang and danced in god all night long uplifted in their love for him such was the master's magnetism this is the beauty of two things kirtan but kirtan can be a dispirited thing if it doesn't have the joy behind it when people sing with that joy there was a beautiful story ramakrishna used to tell of chaitanya mahaprabhu he came to a place where drums are made for chanting and he said oh this is the earth from which drums are made mridangas are made for chanting and he thought of chanting and went into ecstasy into samadhi but when you think of god master said chanting is half the battle i've talked about the importance of meditation and inwardness chanting is very important 
if you don't chant in a dispirited way, but with your heart. The love of God needs vocal expression also. And until you do that, you won't have the right feeling that God is vibration. When Chaitanya said, Harer Nam Kevalam, only through the chant of God's name can you know him. It isn't just the chanting, but in chanting you begin to feel a sense that all of life is in vibration. You see, the true vibration, the true name of God is Om, but Om is vibration. And by vibration, that still unmoving consciousness of God becomes manifested. God, without manifestation during the night of Brahma, is without any vibration. Then the storm of Maya kicks up the waves and makes everything seem opposite. You know, think of an example. If you look at a fan, stationary, you see four blades. When it moves, it looks as if it's solid, solid substance. Take a tuning fork, two little tines. But when they're moving, it looks as if they're, they're wide. The band is wide, and then it gets smaller and smaller, and finally becomes this one again. That's an example, an illustration, of how God, through vibration, was able to create this whole manifestation that appears to be so real. You know, here's my body sitting on a chair. My body is relatively solid, the chair is relatively solid, but actually speaking, and science tells us this is a fact, there is more space in my body than solid substance. Even that solid substance is just energy and a rate of vibration. And because of that state, that vibration, it looks solid. Why doesn't the chair, why doesn't the body merge into the chair? Because they're different vibrations, they put each other apart. But there is literally speaking as much space in this body and in your body as there is in outer space where it takes light from the nearest star to reach our sun. It takes four minutes, 300,000 miles or kilometers of movement every second. And yet it takes four years for that light to reach our sun. It takes eight minutes for the light of the sun to reach us. You see somebody kick a ball on a field in a distant way, and it takes quite a few moments before that distant field. Finally, you hear the impact. When you hear thunder, count the number of seconds. Every seven seconds or so, one mile. It's all vibration. There's much more space than substance, and even that substance is not substance. Even that substance is just movement. And yet, it seems so real. This world seems so real. But what keeps it going and what makes it seem so solid is simply vibration. And you, and this is what God gives to us, he gives us the opportunity to understand in a way because we dream our own little worlds also. In sleep, at night, you dream all sorts of things. They all evolve out of your own consciousness. Some things may remind you of other things that you've seen. Some are just purely your own creation. Then you wake up and oh, it was just a dream. Sometimes it can be terrible. Sometimes it can be beautiful. But it's all you. It's the vibrations of your own thought. And you're sitting back there just watching it. So God sits and watches this whole universe. 
And if we want to be one with him, we too have to watch. Don't be too involved in your ego. Yes, you have to do what you, you can't just sit there and do nothing. Krishna himself says that no man escapes maya by not acting. You have to act to get out of action. When you act in the right way, you pit right vibrations against wrong vibrations and cancel them out, and that way you get rid of all karma. But until then, yes, we have to act. Yes, we have to, as my guru used to say, I will reason, I will will, I will act, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity in everything that I do. But this world is not what it appears to be. When the, day, when the day of Brahma is finished and God dissolves everything back, that will be the vibration of Shiva. He's, their Shiva vibrations are going on all the time in different ways. But at the end, of, when there's great pralaya, everything merges back into the infinite. All these things that seem so solid suddenly... You know, somebody asked me the other day, the Shastras talk about the different... Um, well, he was a Sikh, so he was talking about the... Guru Granth but the Shastras say this, that there are five elements. There's earth, water, fire, air, ether. And he said that science tells us there are many, many elements. And I told him, look, it's like this. The scriptures used the word element. Science took that word element, and now scientists tell us that they know what they're talking about, and we don't. What the elements mean in scripture are something very different from oxygen, hydrogen, etc., etc. They are the stages of manifestation. God first created the ether. Then he vibrated the ether into something more uh, liquid. And he, he had fire, first of all. He, uh, this is not mythology. You know that this world was created that way. First it was gaseous substances. And in this great universe, these gaseous substances were an atom maybe as far apart from another as 17 miles. But sometimes they bump into each other and blew by the power of gravity. Then, as they firm together, they have a little bit more gravitational pull, and more and more they build until finally there's enough substance there to draw other atomic particles from millions and millions of miles away in space. But in the beginning, that gaseous substance, which is what the when, they're, when the atoms are that far apart from another, it coalesces and becomes fire. So from air becomes fire. Then fire, as it cools down, the molten rocks appear. They are water. And out of that water, gradually water itself comes, which is something that we can see. But all molten forms are a different stage of life. The, the elements in the yogic teachings, in the Guru Granth Sahib, in the Shastras, are the different stages of manifestation. When that cools enough, water becomes ice, molten uh, metal becomes solid metal, and so first of all is uh, from fire, then liquid, then solid. Now, these are actual stages of manifestation, but we have, in a sense, to retrace that through our sadhana, through our yoga practice, and uh, in that way, each of the chakras in the spine manifest uh, one of these particular elements. The lowest element, the uh, muladhara, 
is the earth element. And you know, as you develop the, uh, as that chakra opens, you develop powers, you gain power over the earth. You gain power over water. You can learn to walk on water. There's a story that my guru told me of a saint in the uh, 18th century in India. His name was Sadhu Haridas. And he performed many miracles. And uh, one time he was on a boat on a lake and he was with a Christian missionary. And the Sadhu Haridas said to this missionary, what did your Jesus do that I can't do? And because they were on a lake, the missionary thought well and told him he walked on water. And Sadhu Haridas said, was that all? He stepped out of the lake and out of the boat onto the lake and walked. And wherever he walked, the boat followed him. He said, well, the Christian missionary didn't know what to say after that. But, you know, powers themselves are not the answer. I've seen and heard many stories of saints who can do this and do that. The Siddhis are a delusion, really. It's a sign that you've accomplished something. You've awakened a certain chakra in your body, but you've got to go beyond all that. There was one great saint, disciple of Lahiri Mahashaya, as I asked my guru, was he enlightened? I mean, yes, I knew he was enlightened, but was he liberated? And my guru's answer surprised me. He said, no, he was too attached to the miracles. Lahiri Mahashaya often scolded him for it. You have to go beyond that. But indeed, as you raise your energy through these chakras, you do develop certain powers. After a certain time, you realize there it is a distraction. My guru performed miracles sometimes. There's that uh, absolutely amazing story that one brother disciple of mine told. He was the center leader in um, Detroit, in Michigan, and he was very highly advanced. My guru said that of those of the disciples, the first in advancement, spiritual advancement, is Rajashi. The second is Mr. Black. The third is Sister Ganamata. And uh, Mr. Black, because he was highly advanced, my guru performed this miracle for him. I've told this story on this program before. It's worth telling again. They were, Mr. Black was visiting the master in Encinitas in California. And the master asked him to go out for a drive. Well, Mr. Black looked out the door and it was just pouring rain. Just as we say in America, uh, or perhaps in English, I'm not quite sure. Uh, sometimes my English gets mixed up because I was in school in England as well as in America, but raining cats and dogs, just you know how cats and dogs fight. So that's the kind of rain when it's very heavy, it sometimes reminds people of that. And he saw it raining down this, you know, well, if he wants to go for a ride, okay. Then word came that he was just going to the front door. So Mr. Black left his quarters in the same building, not a big building, and he came out, and uh, as he passed the window, just leaving his quarters, it was still raining heavily. He walked out the door, the front door, looked around, the ground was dry, the car was dry, the sky was blue, there wasn't a sign that there even had been a rain. My guru looked at him with a smile, he said, for you, Oliver. Well, he didn't do that sort of thing very often, but he had that power. And the reason he had that power is that God made this whole dream. When you're one with God, you dream with him. You can change the dream as you want to. Don't think that your power is limited. When you know what God, you have his power. But don't ask the saints to do things for you. They will do them when they feel that inspiration. And if you feel it, sometimes it 
don't think that that's what being a saint is all about. Still, once you're on the path, you hear some strange stories. My guru told me a few strange ones. There was this, uh, he knew this case personally, there was a man who uh, went to a guru and asked for initiation for himself and his wife. And the guru said, yes, I'll be glad to initiate both of you. Call your wife. The man said, oh, no, you have to call her. The guru said, what do you mean? He said, she's died. She's in the astral world. Well, the guru had given his word, and he couldn't go back on it. So he materialized that wife, and he brought her down in a physical body, and he said, don't touch her. You can look at her, you may not touch her. And he initiated both of them. And then the wife left. When you come onto the spiritual path, you hear some stories. Not the sort of stories you expect when you go shopping in the malls of Gurgaon. My guru told me another one about this beer, buyer. Uh, anyway, where they pile the faggots up to cremate a body. There was a young body, young man there, and uh, they were just about to touch the, the match to the flame, to create a flame to the wood, when an old man came running out of the jungle and said, stop, stop, I need that young body. And at that moment, he fell down. The young man jumped up and ran away, and the poor people were stuck with cremating the old man. Uh, this is a weird world we're living in. You've got to understand that God's ways are far beyond your imagination. And his play through the saints is also like that. Don't live for trivia. Live for him. Praise God in everything. That's why this song, Praise Ye the Lord, All Creatures, that's a song that St. Francis wrote as a poem. Praise God, all creatures, because that is what we are born to do. We're born on earth to praise God and give him our love. Glory to you. Praise ye the Lord, all creatures, he who did make the mountains, and fields, he who made the sky. Praise him who gave us gladness. Praise him who fills our hearts with song. Praise him who lifts their notes on high.